0: My name is Bear Suragusa, and this is the Hunting Hound Podcast, presented by W Hunting Supply. All right, then we're recording. Yeah, so Steve wrote the article in Bear Hunting Magazine about your dog, Rooster Cogburn. Yes. That was a legendary dog, as I understand it.
1: Uh, I guess. I mean, I don't really breed <laughs> dog or anything like that. But he was, he was good. He produced some really nice pups that I'm still running to this day. And so are a lot of other people around the country, Maine, Wisconsin, uh, Utah, stuff like that.
0: From Sure. Oh uh, wow, really cool. But
1: yeah, she was a good dog, and was a really good dog. But if you know, his his father was a good dog. Father before, you know, his grandfather was a good dog. uh, But. He was sort of special. I mean, I turned down a lot of money for him a couple of times, a lot. Oh, and cool. uh, I just don't think I could replace, you know, money would have been nice, but I couldn't replace him.
0: Right. Right. Well, let's, I, I guess, let's talk a little bit about him and, and about, um, you know, he was for, I guess I'll introduce introduce you real quick. You don't need much of an introduction, but um, talking with Matt McDonald here, the Matt, the McDonald Redbone Kennels. And you've got a yeah. super solid line of red bones that well, are s- that are geared towards big game.
1: Yeah, I actually started coon on well, I don't know, some forty-some odd years ago, and prices fell out of it, and I coyotes moved into the area, and so I started running coyotes. I really like the longer chase and everything like that, and I bred my dogs over the years for track driving. I mean, I really wanted to push a track and push a track hard. And then we actually had bears started to get populated around New York again and switched over to that. And right, that's basically all I do now.
0: Whereabouts are you located?
1: I'm in Rochester, New York, right by Lake Ontario. Okay. Center yeah. of New York State. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's all, yeah.
0: that's beautiful country.
1: But uh, my camp is up on Tug Hill, New York, up towards the Adirondacks. Where, where I do all my bear chasing
0: okay got you
1: we had a lot of snow there a lot of snow
0: so oh bet yeah there used to be a there used to be a dog sled race up in that area Uh, i'm trying to remember what it was called this was 20 25 years ago maybe
1: probably it was one i think it was probably a random winona state forest
0: that sounds like it could be yep and yeah you guys got just a bunch of snow holy moly
1: yeah winona i'm my my house in camp up the Winona State Forest. Oh, okay. But yeah, there's we get, yeah. I mean, big, you know, twenty feet, twenty-five feet a year. Oh wow. So and, it, and it's not uncommon to have eight foot drop in one day, you know. Wow.
0: So that's insane. That's insane. So yeah, but how did you get into the hounds? Was this a family thing that you'd been doing for a while? I that your family's been doing for a while. What 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 nope, got you into I, it?
1: Uh, I started trapping when i was a kid and then uh to be honest i saw the movie the red fern grows sure and i said that looks like fun and i got myself a dog i got a red bone and i had for like six months you got ran over by car i got a blue tick same thing happened got ran over by car and got myself another red bone and i've had basically the same line ever since but i've owned walkers and plots you know blue ticks but i prefer my red bones uh over any other breed I've ever owned.
0: Sure. What is it about the red bones that you that you like so much?
1: Intelligence. Mm-hmm. They are just very smart. They're you know people friendly. I never have problem with other dogs with them, uh, mm. and I do with other breeds. Uh, sure. They and they they seem to work for me. They uh they do what I want them to do, and they uh catch the game that I put them on. So I mean I can't complain. And right. I like their looks. I'm not going to
0: lie. <laughs> oh, they're gorgeous dogs. I mean, uh, the uh, uh, <laughs> a red bone is a hard dog to beat in terms of just pure aesthetic, you know, looks. Yeah. I
1: mean, I prefer a blockhead dog. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. but it's, you know, instead of,
1: I call them pinhead dogs, the ones that have the thin, longer head I can. You know, I prefer a blocky, stocky dog. Sure. Most people call my dogs pit bulls when they look in because they're built. I mean, they're built different. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, they seem to work and people seem to like them. Uh you know, like everyone usually has one, wants another. Sure. But, so I only breed when I need a puppy though. That's the thing. I don't breed to sell dogs, never have I've never bought a started dog, sold a started dog, or bought a finished dog, or sold a finished dog. Always from pups.
0: That's really interesting. How you know what does your kennel go back to that, I guess, second red bone, the one that, that you had after the blue tick? Yes. Okay. You know,
1: Mountain View breeding.
0: Okay.
2: And
1: that goes back to like a Brunswick little man, heavy and uh, some hazes and stuff like that way back, you know, a long, long time ago. Sure. 40 years. And I just been working it ever since and trying to make it better. You always got to, well, if you're going to breed, you always got to try to improve the traits.
0: Right. I was going to ask you about that because, you know, you, you, Sometimes I talk to these guys and they just kind of stumble upon a, a line that they really, really like and they just maintain it for, you know, a, a lot of years. But, I mean, your, your line seems so solid. I've, I've, I'm really interested to hear how you continue to build on that original, you know, original genetics. You've, you obviously saw something you liked, but then what, you know, what did you, how did you go about? putting together a line like you've got today. I mean, it's like everybody's, whenever anybody breeds, I think their, their goal is ultimately to try and do what you've managed to do. And i I'm just sort of fascinated to hear your process.
1: Well, it's takes a lot of time and work to find the right dogs. I mean, I've always had males here. I keep males because I hate losing dogs during heat process for a couple of weeks during season. Sure. But I always, you know, you, I've gone through a lot of females that just don't make the grade for, for what I consider a dog. And I'll, mm-hmm. you know, even if she's a good dog and she'll tree bear, if she doesn't live up to my standards, then I'll give her to someone else and they're happy. This could be to have her. Right. But I mean, I've gone through females The three most try, 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 you know, and just when you find the one and then you breed to that, if it's got the traits you're looking for, uh, and it's always a crapshoot. It's, you just never know. You can take two of the worst dogs and get great pups out of it. Or take two of the best dogs in the country and they get, you know, nothing. Oh just,
0: gosh. Tell, tell well, me, about you've it. You gotta
1: try. <laughs> and so it's just, but I've, I've been lucky. I mean, I have other friends that have been breeding for years and they just, they say, Hey, I just, you know, I trying to brag or anything like that. They say, it's amazing that I just keep getting them. And I'm, I'm lucky, I guess I got a good foundation and to work with and, you know, and every once in a while you grab that right female and it just works for you. Right. But you right. also have to, you know, you got to work a dog right and train them right. And, you know, it's a key to it. Right. Yes.
0: Sure. I mean, how, how do you pick a female that you're going to, you're going to breed? Is it a, is it a female that can do all of the things that you want? Or do you kind of have to make a little bit, of sacrifices in terms of you know when what what how do you how do you pick that female that you're going to breed well you
1: gotta you know you like i said it is a crapshoot but you you see what traits the sheep they have and see what how they match up the traits that you you know your stud dog has and hopefully you can by breeding them take their faults out you're trying to get their faults out you know and of their line and make the other the positives come out stronger sure and it's you're just like i said it's a crapshoot but you gotta try and try and uh you know sometimes you're lucky i got a female out of north carolina and one time i got her as a puppy because i needed a female and i knew she came from bear stock and she turned out to be a really good dog i mean but the only thing i didn't like about her she was too gritty and okay. i don't like a really gritty hound i do not i like i will take brains over grit Every single day of the week. Yep. Because dogs of brains usually don't get tore up and killed, <laughs> right? Or they're not in the vet all the time. And with bears, I mean, it's bear can do a lot of damage to a dog. Oh sure. And she was really gritty. I mean, if she could get her mouth on something, she was going to put her mouth on it. Okay. And, and she, you know, she had a fetish for porcupines in her younger years too. And there's nothing worse than a dog that chews on porcupines.
0: <laughs> that is such a pain in the butt, man. I, I, I yeah. No, I, I can understand that. I can understand Jeez, that, but bad. I mean,
1: he was, he was
0: at the same time though, I mean, you, I was looking at your Facebook, uh, here all six months ago, maybe, and saw a post about I'm trying to remember who that was Chisholm, maybe who would run a coyote for 24 miles. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. that's,
1: Sometimes.
0: that's amazing. Yeah, we've, had
1: <laughs> miles. we've had races go 35 miles in a day.
0: Right. That doesn't uh, sound like a dog that's lacking grit to me. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> well, he's got stamina and he's got a lot of drive. Sure, but, sure, sure, sure. You know, he's not a dog that'll go in. He'll stay face to face with the bear, but he's not going to go in and bite the bear. You know, which right. is what I I don't want a dog doing right. because they usually don't win that fight.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes that makes total sense. You know, it's uh, and it, it's something that. <clears throat> excuse me. It's something that a lot of dogs that have been imported here uh, for hunting some of those big brown bears, a lot yes. of them have kind of gotten a little bit of a, a wake-up call as soon as they've arrived here in, in the sense that, you know, most of the black bears that they would have seen, you know, they maybe they've seen some real tough ones. Uh, you know, there certainly are plenty of them out there, but We're- most of them will tree. Yes. And most of the time, these dogs have... A few other dogs running with them, but then they come here and they've got a bear that won't treat ever and they're running it by themselves or with one other dog. Right. And, you know, there's a, there's been a bunch of dogs that have been imported over here that have had, you know, spectacular and short careers here.
1: And I would imagine a bunch of them are plots.
0: Oh yeah, oh of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. That a, yeah, a plots are a really gritty dog.
0: They are and, so uh, gritty. I I had uh, I had a plot, and he he was uh, or he he is. He's he's made it through his first few bear bear runs uh, so far. He's still a youngster, but um, he uh, yeah, five months old got kicked in the face by a moose, and still wouldn't, wouldn't stop, you know, was, was still on it. Uh, I had to, yeah. I had to sort of drag him off this moose after being kicked in the face. Yeah. And moose, moose can throw one hell of a kick out of oh, I've, I've
1: dogs get underneath them and you think they're going to be stomped to death and somehow they come out of it. And I don't know how.
0: Oh yeah. I, I totally agree. I've had, uh, I've, I've seen moose in, in, Dog teams, like the the huskies and things like that, and they just they can do so much damage so fast. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I mean it's I, I when I lived out in the mountains out in Utah, because I went out there to run mountain lines back in the nineties, mm-hmm. and I lived. Up top, I mean, I was at like seven thousand elevation, seven thousand feet elevation. We had moose all over the place, and they would chase. The, and I lived on a golf course that Jack Nicklaus had designed, and that moose would get out there during the rut, and they would chase golfers around in the golf carts and stuff. You <laughs> know, moose is in a rut; they're they're just a mean. They can be a real mean. They animal.
0: can be really mean. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> And
1: I could just watch, look out my window and watch guys trying to run a, stat, a <laughs> golf cart as they go and Moose chasing them. And, and Moose runs across the green and just destroys it. And whatever uh, it's
0: taking so, Oh, man, that's too funny. That's too funny. So, when did, you, when did you get your first town? Like, when? Give me kind of a, an idea of time
1: frame. I think it was 78. Okay. 1978. So, a while back. Yep, sure. Uh, and i've had them ever since i just i've never been married no kids i just live to run dogs that's just my passion and then i don't do as much coyote hunting anymore cuz i sort of got back in the snowmobile again and I, cuz i quit that for a while mm-hmm. i lost a lot i lost a few friends and uh but um, so i'm not really running as much coyote and i do i do like running coyotes. i love those long races and uh I am a person that prefers, a lot of people like to run snow. I like running dry ground.
0: Yep. With no snow. I'm the same.
1: Yep. If, if, if it's five degrees out and the wind's blowing 20 miles an hour, ground is rock hard frozen. And if you can get a dog that can push a track and run a coyote for six, seven hours straight. Yep. Then they're doing something.
0: Oh man, you've got something, you're, you're doing something right. Yep. I totally agree. So So I really enjoy dry ground running. I mean, I do run on snow too, but I mean. Well,
1: most of the time we always got snow. Right. But when we don't, I, I really enjoy the dry ground running.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. It's uh you know, we our season for the foxes, because that's that's how I got my start with these hounds, is is um doing fox hunting here. Right. Uh, it's the most popular area. I mean it's it's the longest season. The season goes from mid August until beginning of April, and <clears throat> there's a lot of them around. You know, it's, it's a, it's an easily accessible way to get a lot of time out there with your hounds, which appealed to me, but I was really surprised how many, and, you know, there's a bunch of people who will start in August. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of them will wait for that first snow.
1: There's before. a lot of people around in, in the United States that won't run coyotes in, or fox till they're snowing own uh, Yeah.
0: That's, Hawaii. that's odd to me. Like, it seems like you're losing out on such a such a great time of year to be to be out there it's so pleasant to be out there
1: i mean i used to love running fox and but now i break all my dogs off fox
2: and just
1: for coyotes. only reason was fox used to you know be a nice tight race gray fox especially uh red fox now all they do is straight line and go into a hole somewhere
0: that's exactly what happens here it's
1: and then, then you got to go get your dogs a mile out in the woods or something. they're trying to dig the fox out of the hole and you're just wasting time. So yep. uh, coyotes don't do that. You know, coyotes will bay up. Sure. But, you know, it's above ground. And uh it just got to the point, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with the coyotes chasing the fox all the time, trying to kill them too. Yep. That's why they, you know, they straight line and then hole up. And it's back in the day when we didn't have the coyote population that we do now because we're overrun with coyotes. uh It was a lot of fun chasing Fox. I mean, it was a blast.
0: Yep. But no, that makes things. Yeah. It's yeah. I got to the point where I realized that I needed to, I needed to either decide that I was just going to be happy with the chase, which is ultimately what I decided to do. Um, or I was going to need to get a terrier, like one of these earth dogs. Right. And start digging these foxes up because, you know, they're, 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 beelining it to their, to the nearest den and going underground. And that's, that's it for me, unless I want to get a, get a terrier. And I'm not in this to be digging holes, you know, no,
2: no,
1: no, no, not at all. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, you you want, I mean, to me, it's always the race.
2: Mm -hmm. Totally agree.
1: It's not about a kill or anything like that. I mean, like even during late season, we are running coyotes, say the last month, month and a half, even we won't even kill them. We don't because they're loaded with pups and I, you know, I just, I, a lot of people want, want them all dead because they said they're killing all the deer and all that, but I, you know, I enjoy watching the hounds so we just don't shoot them or anything like that.
0: Yeah. I mean that, uh, I can totally respect that. I am the exact same way. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let them run. If they pass me a few times during a Fox race, I'm, I'm tickled pink. I am super happy with that. You know, I'll take foxes that I can see or, are ill, we've got a little bit of an issue with mange over here, Yes, yeah, so we, which, um, you know, and the nice thing about mange, if you can say anything nice about mange is that the first thing it's going to hit is their tail. So if you've got a Fox running by with a real scraggly looking tail, you know that that's a sick Fox. Yep. And I'll take that one in a heartbeat.
1: You know, we're having a mange is hitting the bear population
0: over here now too. Really? Hard. Oh, bummer. Yeah. And boy,
1: you want to talk about an ugly creature, bear with no hair? Is an oh, ugly.
0: Oh, that's an ugly. That's that's something out of nightmares. Yeah. So I mean, New York's starting to get a, quite a bit of it down towards Pennsylvania, where Pennsylvania's
1: got it pretty bad. Uh, uh, what else? Who else? Oh, West Virginia's got some showing up. Yeah. I lose you.
0: Uh, I can still hear you.
1: All right. Well, my phone. People are calling me. Oh I get, so I just had to hang up. I didn't but I don't trust my phone.
0: No problem. So. No, I can I can still I can hear you great now. It got okay. a little bit uh got a little bit quiet there for a second, but we're good now.
1: There was actually another red bone guy from New York Oh, I have no idea what for, but I'll talk to him later.
0: Yeah, it's always fun talking dogs. Yeah, so, it is. Uh, is there a I mean, big community you guys? Like I I I see you know, most of the time when I'm I'm looking at big, you know, big game dogs and, you know, YouTube videos or on social media or whatever, most of the guys I talk to, you know, they're, then we're talking plots or blue ticks, you know, okay, sometimes some tree walkers, things like that, you know, but there's, there's at least on, in terms of like a social media presence, it doesn't seem to be a lot of you, a lot of you red bone guys, you know, are there, you working? There's a
1: lot of people that are going to they own red bones, and they all do with shows, because you know it's which I personally don't like. If you're going to show a dog, it better hunt too. oh percent. Uh, that's the advocate. I, I mean, they're not made; they're not house pets, and you know, I mean, a dog can live in the house with you, and still be a good hunt dog. But you need to hunt it. I am not a person that really promotes this show stuff. You're not going to hunt a dog; it's not what they're bred for. Yep. Uh, there's a, quite a few red bones. I mean, there's a lot of red bones in the country now, and but. I'd say that I would recommend for big game probably six or eight,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that's about it. Uh, the coon dog line has been bred so for such a hot nose now, yep, for competition. They want to get f- fresh track and get treated, and so they can score points and win, you know, try to title their dog.
2: Yep, and, uh,
1: there's not a lot of guys stick with the uh, red bones for bear hunting, there's a few, I mean, there's no. Uh, John Gagney in Canada, he's got a very good line. Uh Josh Haines out in Montana, he's got a good line for cats and he's running bear too. Uh there's a few and a couple of boys down south like Nick Redman and Donnie Stockton. But there's a you know, a lot of coon hunters out there too that have red dogs, which you know, are good coon dogs, they just don't make it most of the time as bear dogs.
0: It's right. Right. I mean, uh, they're being bred for two totally different things and two, you know, basically two totally different sets of skills. Yes. <clears throat> you know, both both learned skills and, you know, genetics, you know, skills that was sort of come from the genetics. You know, you've, you've got to have at least, you know, speaking for myself, I, you know, I have a hound here that is, she's a running walker, incredibly hot nosed. Yes. And, you know, uh, she's got some good qualities, but there's a lot about that dog that I I just don't like, you know, and yeah, it boils down to the nose, you know, it boils down to, I would much rather, you know, that plot I had, he had a cold nose, you know, he could pick up a 12 hour track, you know, from when he was one, you know, 11 months old one, he could pick out and just sort of grind through a 12 hour track. Right. Until he got something moving. And I mean, that's not particularly cold nosed, you know, even, but it was, you know, that that was a quality that I liked. I liked being able to go out and, you know, I didn't need to be 10 minutes behind whatever I was going to chase.
1: No, it's a pleasure watching a dog pick an old track. and Oh, it golfing. is.
0: It's so and, you know, fun. So much fun. You
1: know. But so. conditions also have to be right too. I mean, sure. like right now it's, I mean, my dog, I have no problem using 12 hour tracks. It'll so take him out. But lately, we were like in a drought here, and the dogs actually struggling right now to jump five-hour-old tracks. And it's just some of you just don't see. You know, you don't. You know, like oh, it's only five, six hours old. They'll scream it out of there, and they they can't smell a thing. Right. But uh,
0: is it just the I heat mean, and the the heat and the dryness? Yeah, that's killing you. Yeah.
1: So I mean, but and we had a little just a like a thunderstorm, just real brief the other day, and it made a world of difference. Yesterday and today, oh, I mean, I'll taking bet. all tracks and getting jumped, and it was just really—you you could just see the difference from that little brief shower. how much the dogs could take tracks better. And, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, because you so, you had one up in the air yesterday,
1: yeah, and I had one up in the air this morning too. Oh, big, one, cool. big this morning. But pictures and then it was still sort of dark in the woods because it was actually cloud cover and uh, pictures and video didn't come out as clear. Actually, they came up pretty crappy. So, but. It was a quick one and it got warm. You know, it's 90 here today. And sure. So uh, I just pulled the dogs. And I was up at camp, and it's a two and a half hour ride from my camp to here. And I was going (laughs) to immediately get on the phone with you at noon. Yeah. And uh, because I actually read your text wrong yesterday. And I'm sitting there waiting for you to call, waiting, 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 waiting. And I was watching them uh, mixed martial arts fights, and they're over in England. So they're on air early. Yeah. 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 'Cause I watch mixed martial arts every Saturday and oh
0: god uh, I'm like, so it's do like I. <laughs>
1: quarter after one quarter after one and you haven't called and I'm like then I looked at your, your message again and I'm like, oh tomorrow. Okay. I oh
0: no, up. bummer. Oh I'm just, That's <laughs> that's terrible. All right. I was just saying I was
1: watching the fights anyway, so it didn't make a difference to me.
0: Oh bummer. What did you think <laughs> of those fights? Those were uh that that I, I was dis- I was uh there was a couple of them that didn't go the way I wanted them to. <laughs> okay. got he got Uh, pounded out quick. That that was heart that was heartbreaking. That guy was when I first started because I covered, I I worked a little bit as an MMA journalist years and years ago, and when I started, he was he had just broken onto the scene, kind of with that mage that first fight with John Jones, right? And I mean, oh my gosh, one of the best fights of all time, and you know, arguably, I still believe that Gustafson win the won that fight.
1: Yeah, it's close. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to take it from a champ if you don't know. Oh, really it is. That's the thing.
0: You know, if, if you want to take it from a champ, you got to finish the champ, his bottom line. Like, that's we've seen that so many times. See, now,
1: John Jones is from Rochester,
0: where I live. Yep. Yep, and so is his brother. He plays for,
1: you know, professional <laughs> football, one of the best defensive ends in the league. And sure. You another brother. But, uh, yeah, I mean... There's there's been some really good fights lately too.
0: Oh man, really good fights. fights. The quality, you know, it, it used to be, it used to be that you'd look at each division and there'd be three, maybe four guys that you could like imagine maybe could win the title. You know, like the champion, and then a couple of guys coming up where you could be like, yeah, it could happen. At this point, it's just like most of the divisions are so deep at this point it's like any of the yep. top 10 guys or girls you know gals could just you know take a clean sweep of the entire top 10 at any given time it's really an amazing time to be an mma yeah, fan I, I,
1: I like the girl fights they're, they're usually
0: better than the guy fights i mean molly mccann with that stone cold uh yep. elbow knockout last night holy cow yep.
1: so yeah i uh yeah even though i mean you're uh well, if you followed, you remember Matt Hamill, the deaf guy? Oh,
0: sure. Yep. All right.
1: Well, he was went to, from Rochester, he went to Rochester, uh, University of Rochester, which is a big deaf school, and uh, he always trained here and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, my nephew that's deceased now, he was in the movie with him. He was his opponent.
0: Okay. So. Wow, that's uh,
1: that's really cool. Yeah. So I'm waiting for John Jones to make his heavyweight debut.
0: Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. You know, I was, <clears throat> I I thought that Gus was going to sort of clean up at heavyweight just because he's such a big framed guy. Yeah, he you, didn't do well. And yeah, you know, he he got kind of he got, he got caught a little bit. I think he's he's absorbed a lot of a lot of punishment over the years. Yep. You know, and it's it's those those guys have expiration dates. You know, whether they want whether they want to or not, it doesn't come down to skill. He's just as skilled a fighter as he used to be. It's just. You know, you you scramble your egg enough times, and pretty soon it can't take much more.
1: Yeah, mean well, a perfect example: look at Muhammad Ali.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, Muhammad. I mean, look at it really. Take your pick. You know, look at look yeah. at Muhammad Ali. Look at Dan Henderson. Look at look at um, you know Cowboy Cerrone, who just retired. Yep. yep. You know, and that sure.
1: shot, the last shot, that. Well, when Henderson threw that extra shot onto Michael Bisbane, that was brutal.
0: <laughs> I covered that. I covered that event. That was that was brutal.
1: <laughs> he was he he was getting that last shot and he was like, oh, I'm hitting
0: That that first shot was for the win. That last shot that was that was for <laughs> Henderson.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was for you running your mouth Michael Bisbane. Yeah. There you go. So that, so, was,
0: yeah. that was that. that was too funny. That was the one. <laughs> Yeah, but I love. Um, I'm actually gonna try and 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 get uh, talk to Gus here in not too too long because he's uh, most people don't know this. He's a houndsman. Is he? He I is. Didn't know that. Yeah, he runs plots on bear over here. Oh, very cool. Yeah, really. I you didn't. Know
1: uh, what makes me makes me like him better.
0: I know. Me too. I was like, uh, all right, I can I can definitely cheer for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, we'll good, it'll be interesting to see what he does now. You know, he's got. Um, Certainly at a crossroads in his, in his career, but he's also a guy with so much, you know, he's super well-spoken, you know, solid dude. So he's, he's got, you know, I I think he's one of those guys that can go You and do whatever he wants to do. If he wants to be in a movie, he can be in a movie. If he wants to start his own TV show, he can do that.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean that was a perfect game plan to put against him yesterday. Anyways, I mean go right at him.
0: Oh you yeah, know, it,
1: that was smart game plan. There's just no getting around it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's really the only way you're going to catch a guy like a guy like Gustafson is that is you're just going to catch him. It's going to be that sort of wild windmill thing where you just manage yeah. to clip him. You yep, know, because if you
1: don't give him it, don't give him any space. Right? Listen, yeah, don't. You do it, he's going to pick you apart.
0: Yeah, you let him find his range, and and that's that's the end. Yep. That's the end. But yeah, no, it's, uh, I guess we should keep talking about hounds. Cause I don't think a lot yeah, of people I'll listen so, to yeah. me to <laughs> tune in for my, uh, for my MMA insights, but it's, it's, oh, I love it. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing sport. And these guys and girls, they're, they're just unbelievable. They're just unbelievable yes. athletes. But yep. speaking of unbelievable athletes, I want to mm-hmm. talk to you about, you have a litter, that's just been unbelievable. Like you've got a, you have, I mean, I'm sure you've had several, but like, I feel like I see Lobo, Chisholm and Otto.
1: Otto, Otto is actually a litter mate to Lobo and Chisholm. Now Lobo and Chisholm are same cross, just two years different. Okay. Lobo is same cross, two years older than Chisholm and Otto's out of Chisholm. And then we have another dog judged, which is, He's an ex- he's a really good bear dog, but Jeff, my friend, got divorced and he doesn't have as much time to hunt anymore, and because well, he's got three daughters and they're all on travel league soccer, so sure. He, but Judge is a phenomenal dog, and then Bill does a rescue in Maine with Hollaback Guide Service.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's got one of the females, and uh I'd love to have her back. She <laughs> is a bear machine, but he'll never sell her ever. Gotcha. And then another gentleman. Bill Gillespie in Maine, which is a bobcat guy, he's got one and she's phenomenal too, is a bobcat dog, and he won't get rid of her either. Right. So uh but yeah, it was a good crossing between rooster, my rooster dog, and my test dog that I got from North Carolina with, from Donny Stockton, which has a good line of bear dogs. And
0: okay, uh, was she the real gritty one that you were talking about? Yes. Yeah. She actually got ran over
1: by a car guy. She had a litter her last litter and uh it wasn't a planned breeding lobo got into pen with her and it was mother and son and hmm. didn't turn out very well. Uh but I gave it to my buddy, my that hunts with me, Mike. He's got uh he had Rooster's brother and with all the guys at home me, all, all the dogs come from my kennels. Mm-hmm. And uh he goes, Let me take her to my house and dry her up. Cause she was going on four weeks and uh the season was coming up. I wanted to get her back in the woods and somehow she got out of his kennel the first night and got ran over.
0: Uh-huh that's heartbreaking but,
1: yeah it does happen and uh i mean because i would have loved to make that cross again because uh it would just turned out to be a phenomenal cross just one of those that i got lucky with uh you know i knew she was a good dog because first time matter of fact first time i ever took her out on bear put the dogs out and they all went out and they only went about half a mile and got treated. and i kitty here is still barking and going i'm like that stupid dog what is she doing? You know, why didn't she lock up with her other dogs? Right. And she went about another 700 yards and all of a sudden I hear blow up treed. And I told the other guys, I'm going to go see what the hell she's doing. You know, it was her first time out. She was like nine months old and she had a bear tree by herself. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is it's a good start. I like this. It. This is not bad. That, that's awesome. Wow. That's. uh. And the next time I took her out, uh, she split on her own bear again. And had another bear breed. So I'm like, well, she's, she's going to work out fine for me. Well, like I said, she was too gritty for my liking. Right. I mean, I had to carry out of the woods one time in Maine because a bear bust hit her spine so hard, stomped her. And the contusion didn't break her smile. It was just contusion. It just swelled so much that she couldn't walk. Sure. And so we lost the use of her legs. Had to take her in and have surgery done on her. And, oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, so I prefer not, like I said before, not to have one that gritty.
0: Sure. No, I mean that, uh, I, I can, (laughs) I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. I would much rather have a, have a smart dog. One of the, one of the really interesting sort of aha moments, moments for me in the sport was, was, you know, I've been out with some gritty dogs. I have had, you know, that plot was that I had was just unbelievable, unbelievably gritty and too gritty um and then right after you know right after I sent him down to my friend's place who has plots and he's doing great down there now but I went to another friend Eric Pardalo over in Sweden and Eric has a bunch of years ago he a bunch of the dogs in his area were getting eaten by wolves oh and it was, well, nasty. Oh, that was that was a bummer. That was a bummer, and they're they're bad over there. And the dogs were just getting picked off. The wolves were like le- targeting hunting dogs at that point. Yeah, they're doing it here too. Yeah, I talked to a couple guys over there. You know, the up in the UP of yep. Michigan. That's it's boy, it's a it's bad. It's, it's bad everywhere right now, I think, but, or not everywhere, but you know, it's bad everywhere in the sort of the upper, the Northern states. Yeah. See, I won't even, I get invited
1: up there all the time and I'm like, I'm not coming up there. Right. Like goes, if my dog had eaten by wolf, I'd, I'd move there and I would make it my mission of life to kill every single wolf I could ever find. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What, well, what Eric did, which I thought, which everybody, you know, people thought he was insane and some people still do. I am so impressed with his dog's, uh, this is several generations farther down the road now, but what he did was he took a, um, uh, one of the local breeds and he bred that to a Doberman that he had trained to hunt fox. So he had this female that did everything he wanted it to do, functioned how he wanted it to function, and he bred his dogs to a to this female, and produced these super big, super intelligent hounds, and um, hmm. yeah, he it made it so that he was able to get back out there because the wolves would, after one round with his hounds, were like, uh, "We're not going to do this again."
1: Now, how big are the wolves over in that, your area?
0: Oh, they're big. You know they're. They're probably not the size of like a Canadian gray wolf, you know, right. but they're, yeah. you know, you're going to get the, you know, most of them are well over hundred pounds, you know, they're, okay. they're solid, they're pretty solid, right? you know, but his the dogs dog are dog. also, you know, 90 pounds a piece as well. Yeah. That's how rooster's father was a big dog. He was in running shape.
1: He was 95 pounds when he was in running shape. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, he was a big dog. Uh, Mellow as could be, but you didn't want to mess with him because he could, uh, he'd could he mess up something when he did. Uh, but he was a good dog. I mean, he was probably the best coyote dog I ever owned.
0: Really? So, that's
1: why I, I got to meet a lot of people, too. I used to have a website uh, before Facebook basically killed all websites. Uh, I used to have Casey's Hounds and Houndsman. I did a little, you know, I did... Uh, you know, I pretty good things. I did over, you know, like two million hits a month on it. Uh, it was,
0: busy. yeah, that's not that's pretty good. Yeah, wow. And then
1: Facebook came out and it was easier to, you know, do everything, post pictures on that. And so I basically shut it down, but I also used to run the Northeastern big game trials because we never had big game trials up in the Northeast. So I started that and ran that for like five years, but it was, you know, I did it all myself. I'm trying to get prizes. I mean, I got. I got big prize. You know, I got Garmin to donate dog boxes, everything. And, oh, wow. And gave away a lot of stuff. So, but it was just so much work and so much time. And I just said, I'm not doing it anymore. And sort of miss it because, you know, you got to meet a lot of people. I mean, we, you know, we had to have 400 dogs entered in the events. You know, we had a Bear Bay water race field trials. Um, and, you know, there'd be, you know, four or 500 people there. It was, you know, a good time to get to meet a lot of people from around the country.
0: Right. Wow. That's, I mean, that's really cool though. That's how long, how long did you do that? I did it
1: for six years.
0: Okay. And stopped
1: doing it probably four years ago, I think.
0: Okay. Was that just because of a sudden lack of interest or was it, was it sort of it pandemic I related? It, I didn't have the time and, you yeah. know, and
1: workload and stuff and, and I'm not going to lie, trying to get private. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, the biggest companies like Garmin, you know, you got to, it's like pulling teeth. They, you know, and, and as, as quick as you can ask them to donate something, you know, say $600 worth of something, they've made that a hundred a couple minutes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, but, uh, so I just got tired of doing it and going through all the work and, like I said, I was missing work because I had to take time off and stuff. And
0: sure, yeah, oh, I understand it. Yeah, no, I, we put on a <laughs> we put on a, on a dog sled race here for a bunch of years, and uh, yeah, I did the sponsor stuff for it um, for three or four years, and I I, I totally hear you. It's it's that's yeah. the sort of thing that sucks the life out of you real <laughs> real quick. Yeah. And then
1: when they do tell you they're going to send something and they don't, you know. Right. You, you know, it. you know, and you, you they tell you're going to donate. So you, you put it on social media, you know, hey, there's a prize. They, they did a nice, you know, they offered to donate this and then they don't do it. And you're like, you just give them, you know, sponsors bump and, you know. just
0: Yeah. And I mean, you've got people who were expecting that prize. Yeah, I remember we did that happen to us with a pallet of dog food once that the winner was going to get a pallet of dog food, which I mean was a good prize. And then they, they tried to back out, uh, uh, tried to back out on us. Yep. And, I, uh,
1: uh, that, that's another thing I have never I used to give away, you know, I'd like a ton of dog food, you know, for prizes, and people just wanted it so bad, but it's not the dog food you're feeding. So you all you're doing is screw up the dog's stomach for a while if you're throwing a new food in them. <laughs> right. Uh, I, would just, I would just prefer to go out and buy the dog what my dogs are accustomed to. Because you we all know you can't just throw a dog on different feed without messing up their gut. So, and you don't know how they're going to react to it if you want it.
0: Right. So, yeah, no exactly. Problem. Were you able to do some of those competitions as well? Like the competition that you put on, were you able to no. participate in those or I, were you just too busy?
1: Too busy. I never brought my own dogs. So just, I never did it years ago. I used to do field trials and water races and night hunts when I was cool on it and right. stuff like that. And, but at my own events, no, I never brought dogs to it.
0: Okay. So, gotcha.
1: More for the camaraderie of other people, other hounds, you know, as you sit there and talk, I mean, you meet people you've never known before just through social media or something. And then, you know, or meet other friends and you start come hunting partners every once in a while. And so, but that was the main reason. Right.
0: I mean, that makes sense. You know, it's the it's it's one of those things where it's such a great thing. You know, those kind of events putting on, you know, the social media has been good and bad. It's been good and bad. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where you you end up feeling like your contact you know you're you're sort of connected to such a huge group of people right but at the same time it's it's just not the same it's no there's something there's absolutely just something missing you know this it's totally different meeting somebody face to face, face to face shaking their hands looking at their dogs you know, it's 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 something that I, uh, I I miss a little bit because I think with the invention of social media, we see fewer and fewer people putting on events like you put on and participating in events like you put on because I don't know they it seems like they're getting their fill just posting their pictures on social media. Right. Yep. So.
1: You know. I mean I, I mean, I I mean, I post a lot of pictures on social media of my dogs, but that's about all I do, right? Post, you know, and uh, I
0: so mean, I do, do I, the, I do the same thing. It's a necessary sort of a necessary evil if you're going to be doing something like a podcast, or you've got right, you know, or you've got a a of like you've got, and you know, it's such <laughs> the other thing is that's like the stuff that you post. is Such it's such great stuff. <laughs>
1: well thank you i just i mean i like i enjoy that people you know i like it that people enjoy it and seeing it you know uh you yeah. know and it makes you feel good when like say you called do a podcast you know and then Stephen fielder you know he called me a couple of years before rooster died he's like man he goes i want to do you know rooster is a legendary hound and you know i don't even know steven but he's been following my dog and mm-hmm. i said well he's still alive he's like really and then i posted he died and Steve was calling me the next day. Can we do it now? I'm like, yeah, we can do
0: it. And it makes you feel
1: good that people, you know, see your dogs and respect what you do. And I mean, but I personally don't like talking about my dogs because I don't want to sound like I'm building them up.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can understand that, you know, but it's the, that's kind of the catch 22 of this whole thing, isn't it? Is it's like, if we don't talk about it, we're, I think we'll lose it.
1: Yes. That's the main thing. I had this conversation with, uh, buddy today on the way home from camp and uh we we're talking and uh it's a way hopefully that'll bring in the younger generation so the sport keeps going
2: because
1: mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna lose it i mean people want they want to shut it down the like, guard oh, they've been trying to mean for years uh, oh yeah you know, <laughs> they lost it you know and uh yep. and it's surprising in new york you know we don't have a kill season which i love i'm so glad we don't have a kill season because it's, you don't have the competition out there, you know, where everyone's trying and a lot of people get into it and they really don't know about hounds and then they they just go out and kill one bear and like, oh, I can't, I can't afford this. Cause hound hunting is a very expensive sport. People oh, don't is. realize how expensive it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, just for me and gas, I mean, I, $200 in gas this weekend alone. Right. And, you know, home plus with food and, you know, I bought new collars again uh it adds up especially when you got two or three garments you know it's dog boxes uh and a lot of people don't understand that and they try getting into it and then you know they get a dog and, like, oh, and then go and it ends up in a pound you know because they don't want anymore. more they can't right. get rid of it yeah and that's another thing like when i see a lot of people just breed to breed to make money and it irritates me and if you go to a local shelter there are hounds in it left and right oh yeah because people buy for house pets and you know they, he can't control this dog. It wants to run. It wants to run, you know, and, uh, then, you know, you see him in there and it's a waste. You know,
0: It is. Yeah. It's, it is a waste and it's, it's heartbreaking when you kind of see, uh, you know, these, these breeds and it's a lot of different breeds, but, you know, we'll just sort of speaking about the hounds. You see these hounds that have been bred to do a specific thing for so many years and then people just come out of the, come out of nowhere and expect them to act in a totally different way than they're bred for, and then act have the audacity to then act surprised when, you know, old it's Dan won't listen to them when you know went running off after deer and won't come when they call. He clearly he doesn't love me because I called him and he didn't come to me. It's like yep. it's this it's it's such an insane it's so insane to me, and it's such a shame. It's 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 why. Uh, it's yep, it's I mean, why why I like the hounds. It's why I like the the beagles. It's why I liked the huskies. Is that you know, up until and with just only a very few exceptions, up until a few generations, you know, most dogs go back to working stock within a generation or two.
1: Yep, and I mean I don't you know I I get called all the time. Oh, I want to breed my uh you know my females to your males. Yeah, like do you hunt the dog? They're like no. Like, oh, no, 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 I'm not breeding you, sorry. All
0: right, all right.
1: <laughs> and then I'm really picking who I sell pups, too. Uh, you know, I I actually, you know, charge quite a bit for my pups, but there is a waiting list every time because mm-hmm. I only breed when I need a pup. And the way I look at it, if someone's going to pay the higher price that I charge for a dog, then they're going to put the time into hunting. Right. Like when someone goes down and sells a pup for $150, $200, they don't mind keeping it on a chain you know, and not putting the time into it. Right. So you're going to spend the extra cash. I know you're going to put the time in the dogs that you, you know, you actually want it for what it's for. Sure. And I, you know, and I'm pretty picky. I, you know, I try my best to make sure everyone's got a kennel Yep. for the dog. I don't like seeing a dog just hung out on a chain its whole life.
2: Nope.
1: I really, have, you know, I'm really picky. What I sell dogs do, And I, uh, and if I can, I will find someone that knows them and I will check and cross-reference wrestling as much as I can, you know, yep. behind behind their back, just so I know, because, you know, I don't want to dog it with some guy that's going to beat them and, you know, and stuff like that or just. Sure.
2: No, I, I totally get that. North, yeah.
1: I had a guy in North Carolina call me and he wanted to get a couple of pups off me and, uh, North Carolina's, sort of different ballgaming down south and i'm not saying anything against any of them but you know a lot of times they're running 30 dogs on a bear yep and the good dogs are the ones up tight in that thick stuff especially on the coast and they're the ones that are getting killed because they can't back up fast enough because the other dogs are blocking them in yep
0: the old oh, the, yeah. the old plot blanket Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so he had he had told me he had lost 13 dogs got killed by a bear that year he had Oh my and they want to get killed and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not selling new dogs just so they get killed. I just, you know.
0: can yeah. I'm
1: not saying they would have, but if you told me you lost 13 dogs in one year to bears, there's something wrong.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of feel, I, I totally agree with you there. It's it's one of those things where people, people will say stuff like that as if, it's, as if it's a testament to how gritty their dogs are. It's like, well, my dogs are so gritty, I've lost 13 this year. And it's like, you know, that, <laughs> that. That seems like more of a, that, that says something negative about you more than yeah. more than how gritty your dogs are. That means that you're putting your dogs in situations that they are not, clearly not equipped to even survive.
2: Right. You no,
0: know,
1: you know, I'm not can, My dogs are my kids. I, they always have been. And I, you know, I hate seeing anything happen to them.
0: Sure. Oh, um,
1: yeah. You know, I, you know, and I like to run myself. I like to run one, two dogs. I'm bare. Is and that right? I just. Yeah, I mean, when my other buddies come, you know, sometimes I'll we'll put four dogs out, but usually never more than that. But I mean, when well, you see this week, the only dogs I ran with a rooster well, Otto was there today because my buddy came up for the morning and uh, we had an Otto out and I put my young pup out. She made it actually truck to tree for the tree was first time. was oh, cool. only Six months old. Oh, cool. Uh, she got up in the crotch of the tree. She was, you know, she wasn't trained. She but she knew a bear was there. She opened on track for the first time, which I don't know if she was barking at the other dogs or but. You know, she made truck to tree and she knew the bear was there. I mean, she was standing up in the crash five feet up and she climbed up there and she was, you know, so I was happy with it, but I still think she was probably just running the other dogs, but, you know, it'll come hopefully.
0: Oh, sure. I mean, those, it's, it's those kind of experiences that build, that build good dogs. You know, it's, it's the, uh, you know, if the first time they go out there, they get up in a bear's face and get their butts kicked, you know, that's, that's not, that's not going to be good either. You know, it's, it's so, you know, that's. That's a good positive experience for it that I think will pay dividends later. I should think, yeah.
1: And we'll hope. I mean, she's out of coon dog line, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll see if she makes it. She, she seems like she got a good nose. I mean, the other times I put her out this year with the dogs, I mean, she might get in there a mile and a half deep and then fall out. She's only six and a half months old, but she always finds her way back to the truck. That is a good thing. Well I done. Yeah. Walk and look. You know, she's not one of those dogs that go out there and just mill around lost, and then you have to go in and get them. Right. Always come out.
0: Lies Uh, down and feels sorry for herself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, I've just seen that way too many times. That's so funny. The only thing is she hates the truck. She absolutely hates the truck. Hmm. She's just scared to death of it. And you think, try and over, you know, sooner or later, she'll learn that, you know, you get in the truck, you're going to do something fun. But I've never had a dog so petrified of the vehicle. Really? Huh. The first day I picked her up because she she just had one, you know i've only had her for a month or so uh i put her in the back seat of trucks to the dog box because you know it was the first time ever away from her you know where she, where she was born and best acting dog me and my buddy jeff went with me best acting dog i've ever had in a vehicle i'm like this is we we're just amazed and then after that it's just absolutely horrible <laughs> okay <laughs> so, I, I don't know what it is i mean i've tried feeding her in the box or everything different treats it's just she wow well, she yeah she don't
0: you know, uh, some dogs awesome. are like that i've you know I, I had a husky i had a husky that would that would vomit in its box every time we went out and she she just hated the box and did until she was eight or nine years old just never never got over it
1: she just she doesn't vomit or anything she just drools oh my god yeah <laughs> fill a swimming pool with it <laughs> so, um, hopefully like i said hopefully she'll get over it soon i mean and but the thing is when she's at home she's a whole different dog too out in the backyard i mean
0: <laughs> but, I know, it's just weird that's interesting so, Huh that's interesting well i've got um i told johan Plank who's a a mutual friend of ours on facebook he's very okay. he's a big fan of your page and your dog's I see that. I told him that uh you were coming on. He had a, he wanted me to ask you a couple of questions. And okay. one of those was about pups. It, and that was like when you you said you only do the breedings when you need to refill, you know, you yes. you need your own, you know, you, you need pups for yourself.
2: And how I do you then
0: choose them. those pups? Do you do you sell them when they're real little or do you hold on to them for a while and kind of shake them down a little bit and see what you got nope. or how do you do that?
1: Nope six to eight weeks let them go when people want them uh you know they're weaned you know they're usually weaned it four months you know four weeks mm-hmm. you know they're on you know crushed food with i usually put goat milk in a replacer mm-hmm. at first and then i'll just after they get about four and a half weeks i will just start giving food with water and soften it and then you know by six weeks they're just eating regular dry dog food and uh so, but that's when I let them go, you know, I worm them and give them their shots and everything like that. And, uh, I really don't have, you know, everyone's like, well, how do you always get such a good pup? I, I don't, I, perfect example, Lobo litter,
2: because mm-hmm.
1: there's always a waiting list for pups. Cause you know, and you know, I put them in the order and then some guys don't like to wait. Some guys wait five years sure. uh, for a pup. So I had. My top three choices, which pup I wanted, and then I'll still him and Han, which one I want. Well, they come over and the guy's like, oh, no, I want that one. I'm like, you know, all right, fine, take it. Lobo was my fourth choice. And
0: really? he's
1: just a machine. Yeah. Wow. And, and Chisholm was my third choice. Because I guess, oh, please, can I have that one? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, then they're both outstanding bear dogs. I mean, in my eyes, I mean, they, they treat basically every single bear I put them on or catch it. You know, the only time I don't tree is when I have to pull off because they're getting in areas where I'm not allowed to be. And right. I won't pass. That's just something I won't do. Because sure. uh, I want to, you know, give myself a bad rotation and I don't want the law cracking down and saying, you know, anything. But so it just grabs you, you know, just take them and hopefully you get the right one. Yeah. <laughs> and not all pups make it out of every litter. You know, it's just like you can have twins, of you know, humans and one's, great at sports and the other ones a bookworm. You
0: know, oh sure. Just, yeah.
1: So it's a crap shoot, you know, and you know, you feel bad if someone does get one out of litter that doesn't make it. And, you know,
0: yeah, uh, that's, then, that's going to happen though. You know, the best, the, the best litter of Huskies I ever had was a litter that I did. It's a litter I repeated and those dogs were unbelievable every single litter every single pup from both of those litters ended up being absolutely phenomenal that was after 15 years of just may of i don't know what mistakes i was making cuz i was i was going out and buying the best breedings that i could possibly get my hands on from dogs that were performing at the highest level in the sport And was just getting, you know, one, two out of a litter that was any, you know, worth the powder to blow them up with. You know, and then I bred my two favorite dogs. I was getting kind of, I was out of the racing and just kind of wanted to have a refill of my own thing. And so bred my two favorite dogs and got an outstanding litter that I then repeated and got another outstanding litter. But it's, it's such a crapshoot. I mean, it's so, you know, of all the litters that I've done. That one on paper was probably the worst. Right. You know, but those were two dogs that had performed at a very high level for me for many years.
1: Yep. I mean, like the Lobo Chisholm cross, exact same cross, the first cross with Lobo, all the dogs are like their dad, Rooster, just absolutely laid back. You wouldn't even think they want to go hunting. I mean, they just, just so mellow. You never have to tie them up. You can just let them go and They won't take off and go hunting. They just lay in the yard, everything. And Chisholm's cross, two years later, every one of those dogs are wired. Wow. Just completely high strung, never stop. I mean, they would run around, energize Energizer bunny and get him tired. It's just, <laughs> but it's amazing how different the two crosses are, but it's the exact same cross.
0: Right. So, but yeah. they,
1: they hunt well, so.
0: That's excellent. That's really cool.
1: Uh, what else did he want to know?
0: The other thing he was curious about was if you see, since you run both Coyote and Bear, if you see any kind of difference in each individual dog's sort of desire and, and drive to run those things. or are they, are they both pretty, are they psyched about both things really? Or do you have, are you seeing they a difference it. in terms of sort of grit and how long they'll well, stay on a track and things?
1: Rooster and Lobo, they prefer Bear over anything. Mm-hmm. And Chisholm, he doesn't care what he's gonna run. If he can run something, he just gonna run. He just, like I said, he's just wired. And uh they are pretty good. I I can have a bunch because we're a lot of bait. I can have a like a pack of coyotes. The other day, I actually had five coyotes on my bait right when I was pulling up. Oh, wow. And there was a bear there that was six hours old. And I can I can throw a lobo out there and he won't touch a coyote. Even though he runs coyotes, he will not touch a coyote during bear season. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's just, I get lucky with it. And, you know, it's, you don't find a lot of them doing the same. His father rooster, the same thing. You know, he, you could throw him in a pack of coyotes and he would not chase one. Now, if it came, when for some reason they know when you're out running cows, they sort of just run it. They love it, you know, but they just know it's bear season. How they do, I don't know, but uh, it's just a different kind of thing. And uh, I get lucky with it.
0: Sure. Wow. That's cool. So, that's cool. Have you, in your breeding program, I mean, you, you, you focus on intelligence, you focus on, um, drive and, and things like that. Are you focusing on anything? Like, what are you focusing on, phys- focusing on physically? You talked a little bit about your dogs being fairly, you know, people call them pit bulls. They're kind of like pretty solid, you know, yeah, but it, yeah. it requires a real athletic dog to run coyotes. I mean, it, uh, they need to be athletes to run bears, but I mean, coyotes is a different deal.
1: Yeah, because you're usually going to treat that bear most of the
0: time. Right. You know, don't get me
1: mm-hmm. wrong. We have, you get, you know, I like mm-hmm. running smaller bears if possible when the dogs are in shape because, you know, you might get a... 10-15 mile race with a small bear. Right. Uh, which I enjoy. The longer the race for me, the better. Uh good feet. I mean, dogs gotta have tough feet, especially running coyotes and that frozen ground. Uh you gotta have the stamina and the lung capacity, and you know, it takes years to get what I wanted. I mean, uh building this more speed, better nose for the drive. I mean, I like my you know, my dogs are off the of track, like running coyotes. If you're on a snow, sometimes you'll see the dogs, they'll be 30 yards off the coyote track and just parallel on drifting the scent with their nose, you know, head up, running full speed. But they're not on the track, you know. And A lot of guys will they'll miss the coyote go because the coyote will be ahead of the dogs. And you're like, Sure. They're like, Well, the dogs came by and there's no coyote. And I go, Go look for the tracks. And they're like, Well, the dog tracks, no coyote track. And I go, Keep going farther down. And they're like, Oh, yeah, he, he, he was over here. He was 20 yards away. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, that's what I breathe. I just, over the years, I'm trying to get the nose, the mm-hmm. drive, the speed, the stamina. You know, stamina comes too. I mean, it's, you got to have the right bill for it. Some of these dogs just aren't billed for those long runs. Right. And, you know, a smaller hound is going to be, last longer than a big hound. I mean, you know. Right. They're not taking such beating on their bones and joints. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that makes sense you know it's interesting you know the it's i'm a little bit torn between the big dogs and and the little dogs here are the you know the smaller dogs you know i absolutely see you know in, in the in the dog mushing world that um, those little dogs they take less of a beating they 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 certainly do you know but on the flip side you've got these less you know power. Less power, but also just the ability of those big dogs to cover an enormous amount of ground very quickly. Right. You know, so I I think that... That's,
1: I mean, completely different, though, from a hound. Absolutely. once again, it's a hound's nose. A hound can only run as fast as his nose can take him. That's the truth. Uh, Now, I have a pup that I sold to a guy in Wisconsin. He... He was waiting for a few years. So I got one. He published about six months old. He's got a bunch of long legged walkers mm-hmm. and he's like, man, because I'm pretty disappointed in this pup. I'm like, well, why is that? You haven't really done anything with her yet. He goes, she's tiny. She goes, she's never going to be able to keep up with my long legged walkers. And I said, you know, I've been hearing this for years and years and years. I said, just give her a shout, you know, a chance. Yep. So later she was about 10, 11 months old and he sent me a, uh, Picture on Messenger of his Garmin and dog had 23, like 0. 0.74 miles or something drastic on it. And the speed dog was still running at 12 point, like say five, 12 and a half miles an hour. And I sent him a message back. I said, All right, walkers flying. He goes, No, nah, it's that little red dog. She's smoking my walkers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: but, wow. And, and I have buddies that run all running walkers and I do coyote with them. And if the conditions are perfect. So they don't have the nose, but if the conditions are absolutely perfect, those dogs can flat out leave my dogs. But 95% of the time conditions aren't perfect and my dogs are usually right with his or in the lead. Right. Because uh, of the nose.
0: Right. And I mean, that's the, it's the case with my, um, that's the case with my running walker. You know, it's, it requires a very special dog to run a roe deer. The, they're, they're these little deer species we've got over here, a little bit smaller right. than a, uh, yeah, they're about the size of a blacktail or a coos you know, like a, like mm-hmm. a, what do you call them? Yeah. The, uh, Sitka blacktails. Right. And, you know, but they're super long legged. They look like, you know, they run and they look like pronghorns. I mean, they just, they're, they, they just go forever and they're so fast. It takes a very, very special dog to run one of those. And there I mean, she's not even allowed to do it. But if she runs trash, she's the only dog I've ever seen that has managed to run one of those down.
1: That's impressive.
0: It, real impressive. But I'm pretty sure she was sight chasing it pretty much the entire time. Right. Because her nose is, is not that good. It's not good enough to run a deer down. That right, fast, so she, you know. So yeah, she's right up on top of it, right. So you know, again, and, and you know, part part of that is, I think part of her part of the nose thing for her is that she is such an athletically built dog, and she is so fast that she gets impatient because she knows she's capable of running much faster than her nose is allowing her to. So right. she'll overrun a track, and you know, after that happens a few times, she'll just kind of boil over. And go off and do her own thing, right? Which drives me insane. It's a it's a you know terrible quality that I I would have worked off of her as a pup if I'd had her when she was a pup. Um, you know, but the the plot was, and my other you know my other uh, I've got a grade Walker, um, that I got early on, and both of those were bigger, stockier, heavier, block you know kind of pumpkin-headed dogs, which is the type of dog I like. Me too. And just, they moved just a little bit slower and it just seemed to come easier to them to use their nose. They weren't in as much of a hurry as she was. Right. You know, but you let them all out in the yard to tear around and she just runs circles around those guys. Like they have no chance of catching her. But ultimately we're going to get to game faster with a slow and steady approach than her approach, which... Often leads to nothing at all.
1: Right. So you know that's like with Chisholm and Lobo. I mean, they basically run side by side. Right. And so with the rest of our whole pack. I mean, they're all related
2: dogs. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh Chisholm has got this last gear in them. And you'll see it a bunch. that like we're running, you know, we got a good race going say it's just you know, we're four to seven, eight mile race on a young bear, a small bear. Yep. Just before tree, you'll see Chisholm, he probably he's up on the bear and he can see it. And then you'll see him instantly put four or five hundred yards on the other dogs. Oh wow. And boom, come tree. And the other dogs are right behind him. You know, they're coming, you know, because dogs cover four or five yards pretty quick. But he just he's got that extra gear at the very end where he when he thinks he's got it, he throws it in and it just boom, and we all sit there like. Like, Jeff will call me on the radio in the truck and go, do you see what Chisholm's doing again? I'm like, yeah, I see what Chisholm's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that yeah. yeah, dog is completely wired. Uh, but, so, but yeah, it's just, everything's different with all hounds. It's just, you just never know.
0: Yeah, and you've got to find what works for you. And it really sounds like you found, you found the dog that, where the, the, what do you call it the uh your ability to work together you and those hounds is 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 just spot on i mean it sounds okay. like you found your thing
1: well, maybe even that bear yesterday we treated that little bear
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was well, it wasn't too long around it was like i think just only three and a half miles or something like that through a bunch of beaver because where i run away it's just beaver flow after beaver flow after beaver flow it's just brutal and uh It took us two hours to get into the tree. Mm -hmm. The time I got around to where I go, it it started to walk a mile and a half into him. And you could tell when you got there that they were on that bear and that bear had no choice but going because the tree he was in was a tiny little tree and big trees all around (laughs) So he had to go up. That
0: was a, that was a panic decision. (laughs) Yeah, it was a
1: panic decision. So, uh, but. And I mean I I have a nice area to run to. I have a I'm part of a hunt club. And no one okay. ever uses the club. No one ever uses it. And it's uh thirteen thousand acres private, all gated, oh, and roaded wow. up everywhere. And so it makes me nice. I got no other people around me, no competition.
0: That sounds unbelievable. Yeah. I was gonna ask you about that, you know, because I was I've talked to a bunch of guys recently where they're saying it's getting harder and harder to harder and harder to get out, you know, cause they're, they're ending up having to pull their dogs, you know, nine times out of 10, they'll have to pull their dogs before a race is over just because they're running off of the property that they've got the, you know, got yeah, uh, permission I, to run. I,
1: I, yep. I mean, we've, we have one area that just outside of the club and the bear, he's already beat us four times this year. He knows where to go. He knows the dogs are going to get pulled and I hate pulling dogs, but it's, you know, my dogs are trained well enough. We're, they can be looking at the bear and all I do is hit the tone button and they, they just come to the truck.
0: That's wow, great. Know, That's great. I yeah. don't like
1: doing it, you know, cause they give you that look and
0: they're like, really, really?
1: And you're like, yeah, sorry guys, but yeah, yeah. you gotta get in the truck.
0: Yeah. So, so it's, it's such a bummer to have to do it, but it's, it's at the same time, I was talking to Doug McMahon about that once. It's such a nice thing to have a handle on your hounds. It's, it's. I think it's uh it's one of the mistakes that I see most of the first time, both, you know, regardless of the working dog that they're using, the Huskies or the hounds or whatever the, these first time owners or these first time, you know, hounds, houndsmen, that first generation of dogs will just be impossible to get off of trees. Yep. And then they'll, then they learn and they start training for it. And life just gets so much easier. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I don't think a lot of people, I mean, most people do now to use a, you know, shock collar the right way, and some don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm a firm believer, basically, you know, over here in the United States, first thing mm-hmm. your dogs are going to run are deer. Mm-hmm. And if my dog six months old and it wants to pound a deer, I'm going to let it. You uh, can run it. You're uh, running a track fine, you know? Yep. And here's a tough animal to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cover a lot of ground and big leaps bounce up. And a lot of guys, the first thing their dogs are going to chase is a deer. And what they do is they light them up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the dog's like, what? Yeah, I'm this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And yeah, I just get shocked for it.
0: Right. They're so, like, oh, so I'm not supposed to be chasing anything. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You know, they, they take the wrong message from it. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: So, uh,
1: yeah. So, I mean, you're not really supposed to let them run deer, but if it's a pup, I'll let them run for a little while. I, you know, and then I'll catch them off or whatever, but sure. like my dog's to able to run the track. A lot of guys I know, they'll start their dogs on rabbits.
0: Yep, I've talked to a bunch of guys that do that. Yep, but there's also a bunch of guys that try to run coon
1: and bear with the same dogs, and that's basically an impossible feat because you go to you go to your bear bait, and there's going to be coons all over,
2: right? <laughs> you
1: know, and then your dogs go on tree, and I see it nonstop, and you know, the, the dogs go in five hundred yards in tree, and you know it's in that tree. It's a coon.
2: Right.
1: Uh, so it, Kyle's a different story. I mean, you got to have a dog that's actually smart enough. No, you know, like mine are luckily mm. that it's bear season. Uh, but I mean, we go to Maine because we hunt down East Maine. Down East Maine is very, very thick. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean, that's where I hunt and it's brutal. And uh, a lot of beaver flows there too. And a lot of water. Yep. And guys will come up and that's their thing. Like guys from down South would come up and they're used to running the big mountains and they get up and dogs get in here, and they don't have the water and never experienced water. And they get in all this water. They don't know what to do.
2: Right. And,
1: uh, you know, a lot of guys, you know, same thing with the coons. They get in Maine and Maine's got some big coons. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, we've, we've... Uh, some that they, they, we've got some monsters there. Yeah, I was born and raised in Maine and they uh, we put a we had a dumpster. That we had to put rocks on the top, which, I mean, is not an uncommon thing. People have to put rocks on top of the dumpsters to, to keep right. the raccoons out. But in the end, we had to put like a 50 or 60 pound rock on the top of this trash container to get to keep the coons out of it. Like we, we had bungee corded it down like it. We tried everything, and these just monster you know, bear cub size coons would come out and just like take take the bungee cords off.
1: Perfect example. Years ago, it was probably five years ago, up in Maine, and uh, we went to this bait twice,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we had a, like a lodge pole in there, you know, size, you know, eight inches around, twenty feet long, stuck in the hole of the, of the barrel. And we get there and Bill's like, oh Bear was here, he took the logs out. Uh Lobo couldn't take a track out of there like two days in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Bill, I'm putting a video camera on this. You know, because I always have cell phone cameras if I get service and I always have a backup camera with video. Because you get to see you get some good videos and stuff.
0: Oh, sure, yeah. We get
1: there and there are two coon and they're like weightlifters. They're under that lodge bolt, and they <laughs> with their shoulders pull that thing out. We're like, you gotta be kidding me. I had a hard enough time picking up a sticking in there. And two coons took that thing out, and I would have never believed it in my life. And I'm like, this is just amazing. I go, Bill, this is why you have to have cameras on your baits.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thinking you got bears pulling your big logs out and the coons are doing it. He's like, Holy <laughs> shit, you're right. Uh, I would have never in my wildest dream saw a coons could pull that out ever.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. They're yep. I mean, they're they're deceptively strong. They really are. I mean, I've seen you know, I I've seen coons get Hit by cars and just like right back up on their feet, running along like it's they're they're remarkably anybody who hunts them can you know will attest to this certainly. But they're for people who don't hunt them like I've never hunted raccoon. I I was surprised at how how tough they were. They're they're just they're strong, solid, (laughs) angry little animals. Yep,
1: you know a lot of people that go up to Maine too. They're you know the dogs have never had any moose encounter sure and they get a lot of moose chases i'm poor bastards yeah Uh, but i mean like a couple years ago rooster's still alive and we uh pulled into a bait and coming down a little laneway There comes a nice bull moose just walking at us and you know guys like well we gotta let's you know we gotta go someplace else i'm like why he goes well there's a moose there came with the dogs out (laughs) yeah we can and sent, moose cut in, sent rooster down the roadway, you know, all of a sudden boom, struck and we got a bear tree. I mean, rooster, you know, you never take anything like that, but I've seen people come up there and boy, and a moose race can be a pretty good race.
0: Oh, it can be a great race. I mean, but moose can travel, they can cover a lot of ground real fast.
1: Yes. And I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's a race sometimes. Uh, oh yeah. Especially, you on know, one of those young bulls, uh, but. Thank God I never have that problem. That's knock on wood.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good quality, you know, in in the hounds. It's not to, not not to have that problem because it's a it, it's a bummer, you know. I that that plot that I had that was always in the back of my mind every time I dropped him was because after you know when he got kicked that was only five five months old, four and a half, five months old, and you know that was real unfortunate deal where I didn't didn't expect it to happen. I didn't expect him to find it. We were right back at the car, so I had just taken his leash off to, like, toss him into the car and, you know, took off, baited up this moose, got kicked in the face. It was still snow on the ground, so I followed him out there, could see where he'd sort of been circling around. I could see where he'd been hit because there was a bunch of blood all over the place and followed the blood trail to the pup who was now, you know, like a shark in bloody water. His pupils were all dilated and he was, you know, had this moose backed up in some bushes. But that became a real problem because he, you know, a a hound's going to take that one of two ways. They're either going to decide that this is scary and I don't want to have any part of this, or it seems especially the plots have a tendency to... Just I'm often wanting more. Exactly, it's like, well, this is this is the thing. This is I'm going to dedicate my life to getting revenge on this thing that wronged me when I was a pup. Yep. And it seems unfortunately like Dan Dan has taken the latter uh, the, the latter approach because he uh they put him on a lynx not long after he went down there and just had they were just having the best the best run on a lynx and suddenly. Tone changed, you know, he went from that nice, you know, walking bay kind of a deal to just this insane yowling coming down off of a mountain and moose went flying by and Dan went flying by 10 yards later, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we He just, I was like years ago we we're in Maine too and running. we, we got on a walking bear in this thickest spot. We we're on it for 13 hours and oh we could never get to go up and just walk and every time you go to bay breaking it's so thick you can't see or do anything. Sure. Well, at one point, my buddies, he had a running walker and mm-hmm. up pound bear. But it when a tree, couldn't tree worth a shit, you know, when a tree less and see the bear move and then it goes cycle like you, you think you were shocking the dog. Right. The noise it would make. uh, when we watched, after a couple hours, we see her go by, run into the woods, and Red goes, I think my dog's face was full of quills, because it fell out of race for like half an hour, and then got back into it. Sure enough, and thing stopped, got in a porcupine, and then still went back in the bear race. We <laughs> got,
0: got back on it. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> so, you we were right, because so we picked them up. It was actually dark, and the collars were going dead. And they had a bait up on the side the road and we rushed in there and just grabbed dogs and it was dark and rooster's collar was dead completely. I just got lucky. It would have been an all-night thing.
0: Oh wow. That's that kind of stuff is scary. I'm glad the batteries I'm glad the battery capacity has gotten better on, on those things.
1: Yeah, I just Cause... got the new one. It's supposed to go from like sixty to eighty hours to fifteen
2: hours.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. The... I um I have one of the was the i guess it's a newer newer one of the T5s okay yep and um i was able to i've got the alpha 100 i guess is what it's called and yep. i was able to turn the refresh rate way way down and had a you know had one of those collars last for 38 hours in the middle of winter good. and I, so i was happy with that that was that was that fits my needs pretty well i don't need anything that's going to last much much, much longer than that, you know, at least not in the middle of winter.
2: Right.
1: So, uh, we were talking earlier that House in the Woods. Yep. It's a retreat for veterans, mm-hmm. wounded warriors. Uh, and Paul, you know, he lost his son in Afghanistan. Yeah. So, okay. he started this up and, you know, they're always looking for donations, stuff like that. But they, they take people out for everything fishing trips hunting trips you know some some bear hunters sit on baits you know and he takes moose hunters and you know they try to get tags donated and then we always take one or two every year for the week I'm up there with a hound hunt and just see how much excitement they get out of it because they've never actually done the hound hunt and then they find out what it's like and they're like this is great uh it gives you a lot of pleasure just to you know To see what you can do for them. That's such a great... They deserve deserve more than anyone.
0: Oh, gosh. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. That's such a great program. What is... It's House in the Woods? Yes, House in the Woods. Do they have a website? I'll toss that into the uh, episode notes for people who want to go and check it out.
1: Yes, they do. Uh, Big Retreat. Uh, Like I said, he does an outstanding job. He's got a a little, like, wired haired dachshund that he uses for blood trailing. (laughs) <laughs> that dog's amazing <laughs> that
2: dog <laughs> that's uh, cool it turbo
1: it's turbo they even got a they even got a coffee line out turbo coffee that's uh, awesome you know and uh this dog he just rides around but he'll let you know when you know put him on a day-old track and he'll let you know when he gets up to that say if it's a bear if it's alive or dead by his tone of his bark and uh so you know what you're looking getting into and stuff sure but now he tracks moose, you know, because all blood trail dogs, they trail by blood. People think they trail by scent, but they don't trail by the blood.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah.
1: And uh, he, he's, he's a good dog. I, you know, so, but that's uh what Paul does for all the veterans. And I mean, hundreds and hundreds of them it is just an amazing thing. And uh, I'm glad I can do my part.
0: Oh, kudos to you for doing it. That's, uh, I think that, you know, running dogs in general it's such an individu- individualistic sport you know it's you, we spend so much time alone. we spend so much time focused on our our dogs and our gear and our systems and our hunts and things like that that it's really easy to kind of get a little bit egotistical and I catch myself in that all'll you know as well it's and it's so cool to hear you know people like yourself getting out there and giving back to as as you said the people who you know realistically, uh deserve it most you know deserve to get a, a little bit back for the sacrifices that they themselves have
1: uh what i, I do want to say that you know because i go up and i run with bill rescue from hollerback guy service mm-hmm. uh we don't go up there to kill bears because i don't care to kill bears none of my group does i mean we've killed a few i've killed one my whole life uh and my other partner, of jeff that goes up with us he killed one but that was a big bear we treat that one it was 538 like pounds wow it was
0: a beast. Wow. uh <laughs> yeah, that's a solid. But, animal. So we
1: go there, and we just go out to Bill's to have fun. You know, we're not up there. We're just up there at chase bears. And so we got into uh, through Bill and Paul, the wounded warriors, you know, taking the vaccine. Yep. And, uh, so Bill, you know, Bill's a big part of it. You know, we go up there to, you know, his dogs are out of my kennel too. He used to have blue dogs, and so now he's got red dogs. Hmm. uh but he he's the one that set it all up for us with Paul, and so maybe, cool. you know, big shout to him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: He's on Facebook too. I
0: mean, he can't, so gotcha. Good and he's does he have a does he have a kennel page as well?
1: He's got it on uh, on Facebook. It's uh, Guide Service H O L L A B A C K. B yeah. A Hollaback
0: Guide Service. Gotcha. Yep. I'm going to put some links to uh, to these guys in the episode notes um, so people can go and, and check these guys out and give some support to guys that are doing uh, doing some work for a very worthy cause. Now, do you do this often? Do you cite? I do, yep. Uh, so okay. this is... Um, the uh, the podcast goes off of the W feed, so okay. the du- the W has three three four four different podcasts that all go on the same feed and just have different days that they launch. Okay. Um. So Steve Fielder's podcast is is on here. That launches on Mondays. Mine launches on Wednesdays. Um. And then the W podcast uh, with Jason and Buddy that will launch on Fridays, and mine alternates with um, uh, Brett Vaughn's uh, podcast, "The uh, Born One Hundred Years Too Late." Okay, um, I,
1: now I can just go on the DU site and get onto it.
0: Yeah, you can, or you can. I mean, you can look it up. If you've got an iPhone, you can look it up in iTunes. It's right there, and and or Spotify or Google. Google Music, kind of whatever, whatever you would use to listen to I have an music. I've Android, so yeah. Yep. So uh, Yeah,
1: because Buddy actually years ago tried buying my website off. He tried to buy my website. Oh, yeah. So, you no. Know, but then uh, he goes, well, all right. Well, then he, because I did sell Homespies by while, but I just, just couldn't stay going to post-ops office every day mm-hmm. besides work. So uh, he came out and he advertised for a year on my website. And uh, he used to donate to the big game trials every
0: year. Yep. So... Yeah, Buddy's Buddy's done a lot uh for a lot of years. He's done a lot for the sport and you know, he's done a lot of uh uh you know, put a lot back into um back into the, the sport and in, in the hound world and uh, which is yep. uh you know, his.
1: He, he's made some big donations to the main, you know, to uh, try to keep the hound and fight the <anti-s1> Yep,
0: he has. He hasn't. I think that's something, you know, everybody, most of the time people talk to, you know, when I, on my podcast and things, you know, we, Jay, we usually get Jason out and Jason's an awesome, awesome dude. Um, and I, I think that uh, it's, it's important to remember that, you know, um, Buddy, Buddy and Jason do a lot for the hound, the hound community. Um, and, and Buddy's been doing that for, a very long time, you know, and he's not the kind of guy that's going to beat his own drum. You know, he's not the kind of guy that's going to be like, hey, I did this. You know, hey, I donated what you should do. You know, he won't even do that. So I think people, people kind of need to understand just how much money <laughs> Buddy has put into the, not just the community in terms of prizes, advertising, that kind of thing, but also just in terms of, uh, you know, financial support for groups that are fighting to preserve right. hound hunting in their states. Right. And, um, yeah. So he's, uh, he, he's done a lot that I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure people are fully aware of how actually how much, Buddy's done for, uh, for the, so, for, I mean, for the I hound mean, world.
1: So, yep. Yep. So, I mean, cause back in the day when I had a website, like the top three sites were buddies, coondogs.com and my site. Mm-hmm. So, Yep. Uh, yeah we uh we're and then you know everyone keeps asking me to bring your website back bring your website back bring your website back yep uh you know because people are tired of facebook and all the politics
0: oh sure but, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah i don't really care to do it you know trying to watch everything hackers getting in there you know but,
0: yep no it's, it's it's a pain my uh I, I spend you know it's not a lot of time but it's 10-15 minutes every day Kind of going through the uh, the podcast Facebook site and making sure that not a lot of crap has gotten in there because people there's so many scammers out there. It's unbelievable.
1: Yep. See, so, you know, one thing I get lucky with because my hunt partner he actually built my website for me. Uh, he's you know a web technician or whatever you he's just a witch. You know he uh, he he knows everything. So I just hear Jeff, you know, and he's basically he got to the point too. He's like, yeah, I'm tired of doing this shit every day.
2: Right. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: But it was, you know, he did a lot of, you know, he, he's, he's a good friend to have if you do a web stuff.
0: Sure. You know, oh, absolutely. Nothing
1: you can't do and, you know, undo. And actually, he's lucky he didn't get arrested one year. Garmin put out an update and it was wrong. Jeff went into their site, changed it, and told Garmin, "Here, I fixed your thing." And they said, "We appreciate that, but don't ever hack our site again."
0: Uh, so, gosh, I said, Jeff, that
1: was something you probably shouldn't have done. You could have gotten really trouble. He goes, well, I fixed it for him. He goes, "I was sick of that crap."
0: <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a great, that's a great story. That's a great story. Wow well i got people
1: my phone is non-stop i got one guy's just sent me a text he wants to breed his female and, all right so which is a good thing he's a red bull guy obviously
0: Yep. You know, so do you breed to, to i know it's kind of yeah. a lot of people are kind of bringing in at least a lot of people here that i've, I've, I've talked to recently if um they they're bringing in other breeds to kind of uh I don't know. Bolster the genetics, they say, to sort of get that hybrid vigor uh, in in their own lines. Is that ever anything that that you guys do? I mean, you, the the genetics there's got to be enough of a breadth of genetics in the red bones where that wouldn't be strictly necessary. I should think.
1: No, I don't. I'm not too sure. I like I said. I just. Got to make sure the dog hunts. I mean, I got to see its traits. You know, I'm not just going to breed to any dog. The guy that just called me, I know him. He's up on my camp. I've hunted with him plenty of times. Uh, he's actually bred to Wolo before, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I just, I have to know the dog. I mean, I'm not going to just take someone's word for it. I want to see the dog hunt. I want to, you know, or at least know the person to have other references from it, not from the, just the guy that owns it. Sure. You know,
2: because
1: mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to. Just throw my line out there for anything. Uh,
0: that you know, makes sense.
1: I'm very, sense. Uh, I'm very <laughs> picky who I breed to, and uh yeah, and stuff like that. So no know,
0: that that makes sense. I don't,
1: want some... someone, I don't want someone. You know, you oh, know, I bred of that dog, and pups turned out like shit, and you know, and then you know, because it does happen. I mean, I doesn't to me usually. Thank like God, on wood again. I'm not trying to say cocky or anything like
0: that. No, no, but... uh, because, you know, I do my homework and. You know, so yeah, I mean it's 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 worth considering. it's something that I got you know I burnt myself on early on in the dog mushing world. you know, I bought some very good dogs to build up my own kennel and and you know people a couple of bigger names bred to those dogs and kind of were in love with their own thing anyway. So I don't know that they even bred their best females to those dogs, but then when those litters didn't didn't work out amongst the ten other litters that they'd done, you know, it was my fault. Yeah, and that's something I got real cagey about later. You know, it's like people would call and ask, "Hey, you know, I want to breed to, you know, Aidok or Ethan, you know, one of one of my studs or sepal or whatever." And it'd be like, no, I'm 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 good. I don't I don't need pups right now. And they're like, Well we well I need pups and I'm like well that's not that's not my problem, is it?
2: No, it's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, people get a kick out of I don't know if you've noticed. My dog's names, you know what they are? Um Well, it's real Lobo. Yeah. It's John Chisholm. Yep. Their father was Rooster Cogburn.
0: Sure. Their
1: other grandfather was big jake they're all john wayne characters
0: okay gotcha
1: (laughs) so i'm a big john wayne fan i name all my mail dogs after
0: either john wayne movie or
1: something like that
0: that's awesome that's awesome wow i didn't uh i I hadn't made the connection but that of course (laughs) makes sense Yep. so uh, yeah i also had the duke i yeah it's some a lot of people
1: catch it some people don't you know they're
0: so. that's too funny that's Very too funny good. I I usually do the last couple litters were uh, country music artists but okay. like legit country music artists in my mind yeah anyway. country
1: music artists like Merle or Waylon
0: exactly I had Waylon Willie Emmylou Dolly um, right. who else did I have I've still got a couple of them down there uh, Arlo alright All right. yep so yeah, my other buddy's dog is wailing Yep, that's a that's a great name. A good name for a dog. Yep. So, well, you've got one bear up in a tree already today. You got a podcast under your belt. What's uh What's the plan for the rest of day? You going to head back up there and get another one?
1: No, I got to go back to work tomorrow. I only get around the weekends now. Gotcha. Uh, I took the first two weeks off.
0: Gotcha. What so do I'm you do? Back uh, back back. What do you do to for work? Environmental remediation.
1: Okay. You know, contaminated spills, stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, wow. Was blown gas I was I was a carpenter, you know, construction person my whole life. Mm-hmm. I just got out after, you know, 30 years building houses and stuff like that. And so you now I had to come home on Sundays from camp, drive up every, you know, Friday after work and then come home on Sundays after I'm done running. Right. But today I'm going to do pretty much nothing. I'm going to actually have to do laundry. really <laughs> exciting. Uh, and try to stay cool because it's hot. It's 90 degrees. It's been like this for the last
0: three weeks. And it's tough on the dogs, too. So, that sure is tough on the dogs. dogs. That well, is tough on the dogs, course. yeah. How do you...
1: They short run today, and then They're exhausted.
0: Right. Yeah, I just did a, I just did an article for Bear Hunting Magazine about that. Um, And I... How are you keeping your dogs, you know, both cool during the day, but how are you How are you keeping them sort of healthy and alive uh, w- while you're out there? You know, because a lot of people will, you know, experience that heat stroke, especially in... Well,
1: i firm believer of during the summer and running conditions and even in the winter. Cause dog, people have got to say, dog needs just as so much water, not more in the winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... If I'm running them or it's a real hot day, all their food gets soaked in water. Yep. Just for the extra, because some dogs just don't drink enough. They yeah. don't. Yeah. And so That's you put it right. in their food and, you know, so then I'll soak it, you know, on run it. Even on other days, like if we're home this week and not running, I won't really, unless it's super hot out, I won't put water in the food, you know, because, and I give them a biscuit every day too, try to keep their teeth clean. Uh. You know, I was obviously, obviously keep them up today date and all their shots and stuff like that. Yep. And, but, uh, just do what you can. I mean, you know, they work hard for you. You got to work hard to keep them healthy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, in the water, the hydration thing is, is I think where a lot of people run into problems, honestly, is, is most of the dogs that I've seen that have, uh, that have stroked out, um, due to the heat, uh, you know, asking some follow up questions. Uh, found that they've been, you know, maybe have not gotten the amount of fluids that they should have leading up to a fairly intense, you know, spurt of activity.
1: And another good thing is, too, I mean, a lot of times, you know, dogs exhausted them running in the heat. Like today, I mean, the dogs, were they were exhausted. It was a short run, too. It was just so hot and humid this morning. Yep. Uh, and then people bring them back and throw them in the dog box. Yep. And see, at least... I have a water tank built in right into my dog box,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which makes it nice. So and when and I keep balls and then there's a toolbox built right in. So, you know, first thing I get back to the truck, you know, and I don't load the dogs up they can just hang in the truck. And I just open the water tank up, fill bowls of water. So, you know, they get rehydrated and, you know, but, you know, I've seen, I've seen dogs just have heat stroke from being in the box.
0: Yep. Me too.
1: You know? And so, and that's why you know I like the rig box. I get a lot of air going through it. And like I said I always make sure you know, and you know I do not feed my dogs ever before I run. Yep. I've seen way too many dogs turn their stomachs. Yep. So, but a lot of people only feed them in the morning, and you know, they're like, oh shoot, my dog turned stomach. Down. Probably shouldn't have fed them.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, I always, I always fed. I never fed closer than two and a half hours. To when I was going to go out and do something. And that was never, even then it was never, ever a full meal. Right. You know, it might be some baited water kind of a deal, you know, some water with a little bit of kibble in it just to get them, you know, if nothing else, they'll get a little bit more water as they're f- sort of bobbing for apples, trying to get those little bits of kibble out of the bottom.
1: Yep. I mean, I give my dogs a biscuit usually every morning, you know, that's about it.
0: Yep. Yep. Now and that'll they, keep they,
1: them. They respect expect it. You know, first one, they're like, oh, where's my biscuit?
0: Right.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, help keep your teeth cleaner.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean that's uh that's another important thing that I think a lot of people kind of drop the ball a little bit on is you know, their teeth. You know, there's so much bacteria in their mouths when their teeth start to rot that it's uh it's real hard on their kidneys. Yeah,
1: it is. I mean, even the guy that builds my dog boxes, uh Dylan Schneider there, he, the one schnyder there any custom dog box they just went down and room with a buddy of mine in North Carolina and his partner and he's got air fans and everything in the box had heat stroke in the box. And I mean, he, it's, you know, his box is real. Like I said, it's got air, everything in it. And, uh, you know, solar powered.
0: Right. Wow. And it, it just happened. So you gotta yeah. be careful. Yeah. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. Well, Matt, I, we've been going for about an hour oh, 45 and minutes. 45 minutes here. I really yeah. appreciate you coming on. I really do. It's, it's been, uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you s- for, for a good while. And I'm, I'm really, really psyched that you agreed to come on and talk about your dogs. You know, I love talking about, uh, you know, breeds, especially breeds that I'm not uh, as familiar with myself because to my knowledge, and this is, this is, uh, this is the truth. I do not believe that there is a single red bone in Norway
1: really i get a lot of calls to ship dogs overseas but the thing is i just don't have the dogs to, you know i'm not a breeder right I, I don't have you know when i do have people around here want them and you know then go to the house so i get them all the time like greece especially greece greece wants them left and right from baradoc for boars
0: yep but
1: uh what if your red bones over it? that way i know
2: that yeah
0: Redbone's i mean in other down. in other parts of europe there there are a bunch of them um but in Norway I, I do not believe I was looking it up trying to find one and i I could not find one so any of my Norwegian listeners that uh that that know of one send drop me a line because I'd be interested and
1: in, uh... well I appreciate you know you contacted me I mean it sort of means you know feels good knowing people follow your dogs and you know and stuff like that
0: oh sure yeah it's Just, you know, it's uh it's one of those funny things, though, isn't it? With the with social media, like I said, it gives you a sort of sense of community, even if you've never, you know, never talked to that person. So, uh, you know, I was excited to talk to you about Lobo and Chisholm and Otto and Rooster and you know dogs that I, you know, w- was aware of, even yeah. though we've oh. never spoken before. You know, it's it's yeah. social media Stephen, is fun that, that way.
1: One. When Stephen wanted to the article on Rooster for Literary. you know, it makes you feel good. You know, There's absolutely it like, and you know like I said I really don't like talking about my dog so I just let people look at pictures and then they can make their own decision.
0: Sure well I appreciate you making an exception coming and talking to uh, coming and talking to me it was really interesting to talk to you and um, it's uh, it, it's always fun talking to somebody who really knows really knows what they're doing and has a has a deep passion and enthusiasm for it which you I mean clearly have in spades.
1: Well, thank you, and I appreciate it. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. And enjoy Norway. If you ever get back over to the States and it's during bear season, give us a shout.
0: I'll definitely do that. And if you ever feel like taking a European vacation hunting some brown bears, I might know a guy.
1: Okay. <laughs> like, you never know. <laughs> you never
0: know. All right, Matt, All right. I appreciate it. All right, you take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Man, I love that sound.